Okay, so we are in a series. Uh, it is called The Attributes of God. And we, I think we did it for seven weeks. Then last week we did something a little bit special for Mother's Day. Uh, Pastor Liz was able to share some of the things on her heart as to what she has just been, really, some testimonies. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to see it last week, I'd encourage you to go back on Facebook or listen to the podcast from last week. Uh, but there's a lot of great things that were shared, just testimonies of how good God is and what he is all about. And I'll tell you, one of the things that reminded me of this is as we were driving and I'm listening to the word of God, how many know that we have an enemy? And he brings thoughts to your mind that are not of God, that are not even of you. And as we were driving home, I got the word of God plan. My faith is rising. I'm like, that's right. With God, all things are possible. I'm fired up. I'm like, let's do this. Let's do this. And all of a sudden, I had this thought. Liz is sleeping in the back. It starts to rain. And this thought comes across my mind like, what if you go careening, hydroplane, go careening off the side of the road, and you go smashing down the cliff, and all this thought about scripture and God and supernatural protection all just comes crumbling down. And I, I, started to, I started to think this thought about what would happen to us. And I would look back and I'd be like, oh, baby, I'm sorry. I don't know. And it was like the Lord just arrested my attention. He said, that thought is not from me. Because I am a good God. I am a faithful God. I am a true God. I am a just God. I'm a merciful God. I am a gracious God. And, he did, and I was like, you know what? Oh my gosh. And you know, guys, that happens to us, right? Like whether we're driving in the car or we're sitting down or we're watching TV, all of a sudden our mind just starts thinking about something completely not of him or not of him. And it was just like I had to literally take captive the thought. I heard the thought and I looked at the attributes. That's what we're learning. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. This thought does not line up with God. This is fear. This is anxiety producing. This is from the devil. This is from the enemy. I will take no part in that thought, and I completely rejected it. Amen. And I turned the word of God up a few more notches from 18 to 24. Looking back, make sure I wasn't waking Liz up in the back seat. I had to turn, turn the volume up a little bit. Yeah, I had to turn it up a little bit because it was like I need to hear the word of God. And I had to take captive that thought. Okay, I didn't know. He did not share this with no, me. No, I'm just telling you I now. I did not know. It's fresh. What he doesn't know. Is this on? Yeah. What he doesn't know is that at some point, it's so uncomfortable in the back seat. It's like captain's chairs, and I got pillows shoved in the middle. I woke up, and I saw myself. I saw the car rolling, and I saw myself hitting the ceiling and coming back down. I on. saw it in my head, and I went, nope. Mm. And I laid back down, flipped over, and went back to sleep. Come on. So the enemy does coordinated attacks. Mm. I'm sitting down here flabbergasted. I was like, he doesn't know. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't share that yesterday. He did not share that with <laughs> me, and I did not share that with him. Just so you know, you have a little bit more understanding. Wow. Come on. Like, wow. That was uh, the enemy. Yeah, and he true. really went after you. Then yep. he came after me, and he's just looking for an in. Yeah. He's looking for someone to apply faith to him so that he can have power. Yeah, and right. I said, um, nope. And, that, and you said, um, nope. nope. Turn up the word of God. Here we go. Turn it up. Okay, so the attributes, I've got a slide. These are the attributes that we've already covered. We'll hit them super fast, super quick. Put them all conveniently on one slide for you. Uh, so actually, you can take a picture if you want. If you've missed all these, you can go back and listen to them. Uh, attribute one is God is infinite. Number two was God is immutable, meaning he doesn't change. He never changes. He's always the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. 
And these are all, those are foundational ones so that we know that if God is love, God is love today as much as he is yesterday and as much as he'll be tomorrow. God is good. God is wise. God is faithful. And God is merciful. And we talked about God is merciful. He's infinitely, unchangeably compassionate and kind. And so this morning I want to talk about attribute number eight, and I don't know when we'll stop. There's probably an infinite number of attributes, but we're not going to go through them all. But today I want to talk about God is gracious. God is gracious. And many times in the scripture, his mercy and his grace go hand in hand. It says God is merciful and God is gracious. Well, this gracious is he is infinitely inclined to spare the guilty. He is infinitely inclined to spare the guilty. And if you remember what we talked about two weeks ago, mercy, mercy was not getting what we deserve. Mercy was not like, you know what I mean, when you're driving over the speed limit and, you, and there's no cops around. Okay, so technically you broke the law and there's a speeding ticket that should have been yours, but there was mercy in that situation. This is an easy one, right? This is an easy one. But there are times in our lives, in my college days, God showed me much mercy because there were things that I did and experienced that I didn't bear the full consequence of when it happened. And that was God showing mercy. He was showing mercy because God is a merciful God. I was laughing the other day because the kids, uh, they begin to play, uh, we like to play checkers. You know, chess is it's more an advanced game. We like to keep the games fairly simple. So we were playing checkers in the house, and Maggie was playing against Noel. And Maggie, so she's our, she's our five-year-old, almost six. She just likes everything to be accurate and correct. And Noel made a move on the checkerboard, and she let go of her checker and said, no, I would like to, I, I don't like that move, I'm going to move it back, right? And so Maggie, the, the five-year-old, is like, uh-uh, foul. No, 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 no. you got to keep that checker right where it is. Don't you dare move that checker. And Noelle was like, but that's not where I want it to go. And they start going back and forth and back and forth and back. And I said, Maggie, okay, yes, Maggie, that is the rule. That is how exactly how it should be played. But why don't we give Noelle a little bit of mercy and a little bit of grace, knowing that that isn't really where she wanted to move, and we'll allow her to get, let this one change for this one time. And she kind of sat there. <laughs> Fine. And so since she was like on guard, she's like, I gave you that one. I'm not giving you any more. But aren't you glad that God is not like that? Aren't you so glad that God is not, I love Maggie. She's not here. She's in, her, she's in the top of the room. That is not like Maggie, who is so into the rule. And if you miss that rule, even just by a little bit, you will pay. You will pay all the way. And there's no going back. Oh, my goodness. Thank goodness God is not that way. Right? Because life is like a game. It's a game of checkers, right? We're moving places. We're like, no, I didn't want to go there. And it's like, man, thank goodness he allows us to move back a space and redecide on that decision or, or make a different move in our life because he is merciful. So if mercy is not getting what we deserve, then grace is getting what we don't deserve. It's like this mercy and grace combo. It's like God's mercy takes, stops things from happening that probably should and us going to eternal damnation, separated from God, going to hell. His mercy stops us from going there. But his grace propels us 
to something even better. He, that grace that God had propels us to eternal life. That grace that God gives us on a day-to-day basis allows us to breathe. We have grace. Church, you are all here by the grace of God. We say that word a lot. Like we just, we kind of like use, ah, by the grace of God, by the grace of God. Yeah, by the grace of God. We are able to breathe. We are here. His mercy and his grace go hand in hand. Here's what I love. The definition of grace is God's unmerited favor. Unmerited. Merit. Meaning you did not work to get this favor. Come on, church. You did, God's unmerited favor. You did not earn it. You did not earn your salvation. It wasn't by your good works. It wasn't by because you were nice to the Wegmans checkout person, even though you didn't want to. Good for you. I'm not always that great at the checkout line. Okay? But that is not what earns. You can't earn your way to heaven. You can't earn God's grace. It is freely given. It is a gift. His mercy and his grace are a gift that is given to us. It's unmerited. It's not fair. But I'll take it. Come on, church, yeah? It's not fair. I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. Why did he spare me? Because he loves me. Because he's good. He's faithful. The definition of this grace is God's unmerited favor. Look in Psalm 145, verse 8. It says that the Lord is gracious. He's gracious. We're talking about an attribute of God. God is gracious. He is gracious and full of compassion. Slow to anger. Slow to anger. Come on, parents. We're not always quite as, as good at this, at this one here. Slow to anger and great in mercy. Look at that. He is gracious, full of compassion. Slow to anger and great in mercy. This mercy that covers our failures and this grace that covers our shortcomings because we cannot earn it on our own. There are three types of grace. There's probably more types of grace, but I want to give you just three. And I'm sorry to my beautiful daughter, whose name is Grace, who probably thinks I keep calling her name constantly throughout the message. Love you, girl. Okay, there are three types of grace that we can see in the Bible. The first one is a common grace. The first one is a common grace. This is a grace that's common to everybody. It's a gift to all of mankind. It's the reason you're here. The reason why your eyes are able to be open. It's the blessing and provision of life in general. It is a common grace that has been given to us all, both believer and unbeliever alike. How do I know that? Matthew 5.45 says this. It says that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he... God makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the what? On the just and the unjust. Which means God, this graciousness of this common grace that God affords us, that he gives, this is to all mankind. The son came up again. What movie were we just watching with Peter Rabbit? Has anybody seen the movie Peter Rabbit? Those who have kids, okay, and Peter Rabbit, there's a, there's a rooster that crows. Think of common grace like this. This is a rooster that crows every morning when the sun comes up. 
he does this group, and then he goes like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it, it happened again, the sun came up again, he was just, I mean, he's so fired up, he's like super excited that the sun came up again, so maybe that's what a rooster's actually thinking when you hear a rooster crow, I have no idea, okay, I don't get in the rooster's brain, right, but so the rooster is something that we can understand, this is a common grace, the sun came up again this morning, it's a common grace afforded to all of us, that each of us have, is being part of humankind. The air we breathe, the food we eat, the beauty we see, it's, a, it's really for all, all people a common grace. The second type of grace that we see is called a saving grace. A saving grace. This is what songs are written about. Amazing grace, yeah? It is this grace that is able to save us from eternal damnation and be able to create a relationship with God Almighty, a personal relationship with God himself. Can't do it on your own. Can't make it happen on your own. It is a saving grace. It is different from a common grace. This saving grace, all of humanity gets the common grace, but only those who profess and believe and put their faith in Christ Jesus, receive the saving grace. That's it. There is one way to heaven, one way to heaven, and it's through Jesus Christ. You have a choice. I have a choice. We have a choice, the Bible says, and this is a reality of the world we live. We have a choice to either reject Jesus or accept him and believe that he is who he says he is. He did what he said he did. And I believe in him for all of eternity with him. So this saving grace, Ephesians 2 sums this up so well, starting in verse 4. Ephesians 2, verse 4. Lord, thank you for amazing grace. Thank you for amazing grace. It says, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of why his great love for which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Even when we were dead in trespasses, his great mercy has made us alive together with Christ. It says, by grace, you have been saved. God's graciousness. God's graciousness is what allows us to be saved. Verse 6, this grace doesn't save us only, but it also raises us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse 7, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, we've already talked about this, not and not of yourselves. It is what a gift of God. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, we are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now is that not a picture of grace? The saving grace, this amazing grace, leads us to be with him for all of eternity, but also raises us up together. We sit in heavenly places. We can partake in his exceeding riches. It is a gift of God. When we begin to realize we are his workmanship, created in him to do good works that he has on this earth for us to go do. 
Now that's some kind of grace. That is some kind of grace. And Jesus makes all of this possible. And then the third type of grace we can see is an anointed grace. What do I mean by this anointed grace? What are we talking about here? This anointed grace is God's given you an ability to do what you cannot do on your own. It's an anointed grace. It is the ability for a mom to be a mom even when she can't do it all on her own. It is anointing to allow me, someone who is not someone who ever wanted to do public speaking, to be able to infuse an anointing inside of me to be able to preach the gospel message. It's an anointing. It is a grace. This word grace, uh, the root of this word of anointing, of this grace, of these gifts, it's from the same word as grace that we see in the Bible. Romans 12, 6 says this, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Each of us have a grace. Each of us have an anointing. And God has given us not just this common grace, thank goodness we get to breathe, not just a saving grace, thank goodness I get to be in eternity with him for all of eternity with him in heaven. Not just those amazing, wonderful, blessed things, but then an anointed grace to be able to do what I can't do on my own. Is that not a great message from the Lord? He has given this grace. This grace spans the entire well-being of our lives. It touches every single part of it. It's the air we breathe. It's our salvation. And then it's the ability to do something that we couldn't do on our own. Man, this anointed grace that we have. Different according to the grace that is given to us, let them use those graces that he has given. If prophecy, then let us prophesy in proportion of faith. If it's ministry, let us minister. If it's teaching, let us teach. If it's exhorting, let us exhort. If it's one who gives, let him give. And it goes on and on and it talks about these gifts, but each of those is a gift from God. His grace, his anointed grace on us. Why? Because God is gracious. Philippians 4.13 Many of us know this verse, we quote it, we write it down, we probably have it posted a couple places in our house, because when you have a lot of kids, and you got a lot of stuff going on, you need to say this verse over and over and over again, it says, I can do all things, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Read it again, a little bit slower. I can do all things because I tried really hard. And I worked really hard at getting all these things done. Nope. Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ. Through his grace. Through his anointing. Through his goodness. Through his faithfulness. You can do these things because of Christ. Because of Jesus. Because of who he is in your life. Because it is he who strengthens you. This God's grace, this anointed grace, gives us the ability to do things that we could not do on our own. So what is our response to God's grace? What is our response to these graces that we have? Sid, if you want to come up here, I'm going to close with these four responses that we have. The first one is to remember to take time to thank him. Church, can we take time to thank God? Every day, a moment here, there, while you're in the car, 
while you're in the shower, while you're preparing breakfast, while you're eating. I know many of us, I see it's like when I go out, it's almost sometimes people are shocked when we go out to eat and we pray before we eat. People are just like head snapping. Like this is an uncommon thing. We were at, we were at Butch's restaurant a couple weeks back uh, and we were talking about, I think we prayed over our meal and there was a guy in the corner. He was just like, he turned and he looked at us. He's like, wow, this is amazing. And he was going on and on. He's all fired up and he was like a missionary to like race car drivers or something. I don't know what all happened, but it was just, we took some time to thank God and it was like, boom. Could we do that today, tomorrow? Can we just even do it now, just for a second? Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for your grace. Lord, we thank you for your common grace, your saving grace, your anointed grace. Lord, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Lord, help us to remember to take time each day to thank you. To sit in your presence, to hear your voice, and to just thank you for who you are. Thank you, Lord. The second thing that we need to remember is this, is that grace for tomorrow will be in tomorrow. This one is for me. Maybe it's just me. Grace for this weekend, L, will be in this weekend. Come on. Should get married. Okay? Grace for tomorrow will be in tomorrow. We cannot worry about tomorrow when we're sitting in today. Because the grace for tomorrow isn't in today. You understand that? It's in tomorrow. So we're here, we're worried, and we're thinking about this issue, that issue, whatever it is, and we're straining today, and we're trying to get grace for something that isn't even here yet. The Bible says his mercies are new every day, his grace is new every day, and tomorrow's grace will be there for you. Because he is faithful, because the sun rises up, because he has such grace in his common grace, his saving grace, his anointed grace, all of that grace is available for you tomorrow. So leave it in tomorrow. And man, this is for me, man. I've been struggling with this. I started thinking about everything that the week has to do. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this and prepare this and prepare that. And when I go on my prayer walk in the morning, as soon as I start walking, I'm just like, Lord, I'm, th I'm thinking about, you know, this meeting on Tuesday and this thing on Thursday. And he always just like stops me right there. It's like, yeah, you can lift those up in prayer to me. That's fine. But you can't stay there. You can't stay worrying about tomorrow when you're in today. So my grace is sufficient for you, but it's sufficient for you with tomorrow's issues in tomorrow. My grace is sufficient for you right now, today. We have to remember that the grace for tomorrow will be in tomorrow and live in his grace that he has for us today. We also have to remember that he makes up the gap. Every one of us has shortcomings. Every one of us can't do all things on our own. We have to remember that it is God who gives us the strength. It is God who makes up the gap. And we're there, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough, I'm not whatever enough. Yeah, that's true, but he is. He is, and you have him with you, and that grace that he has for you is able to help you to do the things that you couldn't do 
on your own. Church, and I want you to remember this morning that you can do what he has called you to do. Moms, you can do it. Dads, you can do it. In your jobs, if you work outside the home, you can do it. Why? Because of his anointed grace. Because you can do what he has called you to do. He doesn't call you to do something. He actually calls you to do something that you can't do on your own. How about that for a message one day? If you're truly following God and his calling on your life, he is stretching you beyond your ability of what you can do on your own because you then have to rely on him. Leading this church was beyond our ability. Leading it through a change of a founding pastor who's been here for 30 years and then throw COVID on top of it and all this other stuff that happened, only God could help us through all that. It was not another John Maxwell leadership book that I needed to read in order to figure out how to navigate this. Look, I love John Maxwell. Nothing against it. I got a lot of his books. But you understand that it is him who makes the way. It is him who can help you to do what you're called to go do. And you have to trust and rely on him and let him make up the gap. He is the one who can do it. And then we have to remember, lastly, that we have to give grace to others. As we leave here this morning, we have to remember, just like Maggie was able to give some grace to Noel for the checkers move, that we too can give grace to others because God's grace was given to us. And sometimes we have to tell a story to ourselves about why somebody did something. And you may not know if that story is true or untrue, but sometimes it helps us to tell a story of why someone cut us off in traffic. Well, maybe they're rushing to the hospital for something. And it allows us to give grace to the other person for just a moment. It is not our job to try to hold everyone accountable to everything all the time. If that's your calling in life, come see me after church. Because I think maybe you're not hearing completely clearly. It's the Holy Spirit's job to do the conviction. Come on, church. It's our job to love like Jesus loved. It's our job to show grace to others even when they don't deserve it. Parents, how many of you have shown grace to your children even when they don't deserve it? Just, yeah. We have to give grace to others. Why? Because God gave us grace. So bow your heads this morning as we close. Just want to pray with you for a moment. We do have some group leaders, some prayer leaders who are going to come up front here even now as I'm saying this prayer. They'll be available here to pray with you after church. If you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. You say this message was for me, this whole service was for me, and you just want to pray with someone and be in agreement with them on whatever it is in your life. They're here for you, and they will pray with you. Just close your eyes this morning. And just as we started in, with communion, 
that we would just see God's grace flood through our heart. That His grace, the blood of the spotless Lamb, covering every door, changing every room in our heart. Washing things clean, made new, made fresh because of His grace. So Father, we just come before You and we thank You. We worship You and thank You for Your grace, Lord. We thank You each day for the breath that we breathe. We thank You each day, Jesus, what You've done for us on the cross. And each day we thank You for the anointing to do what is in front of us to do. Father, would you help us to leave tomorrow and tomorrow? That we would understand that your grace is sufficient for us today. That we would receive your grace for every situation and every circumstance in our life. And Lord, that we would be reminded that you make up the gap. That we wouldn't focus on our shortcomings, we wouldn't focus on our failures but we would focus that you are the one who makes up the gap. And Lord, that we would remember that you can do what you've called us to go do. Whether it's a mom, a single mom, a dad, as an employer, as an employee, everything that life has. Husband, wife, you can do it because he has given you the anointed grace to do it. And Lord, that you would help us to remember to give grace to others this day, this week, this month, this year. And we worship you, and we praise you, and we glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Again, the prayer team is up here. I want to end with this benediction out of Revelation uh, chapter 1. Just receive this benediction. Grace to you and peace from Him who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before His throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of this earth. To Him who loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood. And He has made us kings and priests to His God and Father. To Him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen? Amen. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Be blessed.